another episode of Tuesday Morning Over Coffee with Gene and Kevin. I'm Gene. I'm Kevin. We're continuing our discussion on equipping one another, and we're still staying focused on equipping husbands. Hopefully by next time or next week, uh, we can have equipping wives, and we have invited a couple of friends with us on two different occasions that they can give us their perspective of being a Christian wife, and I'm looking forward to that. But today I want to talk about, uh, as well with Kevin, the importance of understanding what it means by the husband is the head of the wife. So Kevin, I'm going to read scripture that Paul gave us in Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm going to begin with verse 21. And listeners, I hope you will understand what Paul is trying to say, but we're going to give you our insight of it as well. So Paul writes, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Kevin, I think that we as Christians have totally misunderstood what Paul was saying when he said, husbands, are head of the wife. Okay, in what way are you thinking? Well, I know that uh, several years ago, one of my Bible professors gave me the insight that head means source. Okay. And I've and leaned for several years, but just here recently through further research, I find it that it's not source. He means more about authority. And we can go back to the Garden of Eden and see where that, that began. That that was designed in, in Genesis. I, when I when I hit that scripture in, in Ephesians, it, one thing that hits me is just how abused that idea of man's authority or husband's authority with the wife has been because it's been used by some to indulge in anger or control or petty abuse uh, or not so petty abuse of the relationship. And I love, I love how that starts. Verse 21, the command is, you read be subject. Mm-hmm. Other translations will say uh, submit and talks about submissiveness. And it starts off by saying, look, Christians, we all submit to one another. To be a Christian is, is to be subject to the needs of the church family. Every one of us it faces that. And then he takes it to the marital context. Wives, be submissive to your husbands, which is super countercultural, mm-hmm. right? I mean, our, our culture hates hearing that uh, because um, maybe because of the abuse of it. I, I don't know. Do you think that that might be the root of it? Or is it just the pride? We all want to be number one. The, I think it's a lot to do with pride, but abuse that I think we even took it further than just husbands and wives. Yeah. We took it as women to be submissive to men. Okay, okay. And uh, I can remember back, well, years and years ago, we were worshiping with a church in Columbia, Missouri, and I was teaching the college class at that time. Of course, not being much older than the college-age kids, but I can remember one of the ladies going, I am not going to fall down at the feet of my husband, or no man. 
Uh, no, no, I will not submit. And I'm, you know, not really understanding all what that meant, but I knew she had a misconception of what that meant. Right, right. That Yeah, that was stemming from some experience mm-hmm. she'd had or something she had witnessed that put a horrible context to that command. Now, it is a command. Right. Uh, wives, be subject to your husbands. Be submissive. And But then Paul takes it deeper. What What's the qualifier there? It's to love. No, no. I mean, keep reading there. Let yeah, me. yeah. Re- reread that. 22, 23. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. Okay, now, women aren't just told to be submissive to their husbands there. Wives aren't. He says, as to the Lord. So he's saying, be submissive to your husband as you were submissive to Jesus. Right. That's a lot. That's huge. That's a that's a that's totally different than just be submissive or be subject. It's saying basing a man's headship or authority in in Christ itself. That's a lot. And I think the other important factor is for us men as husbands, we forget verse twenty one. Well, right. The the submissive. Yeah. We're all submissive. Well, what, what I like that Paul did, or the Holy Spirit through Paul, he extends that to the husbands and says, you love that woman like Christ loved the church. Right. And, and his love, Jesus' love for, for his bride, the church, led him to death, right. led him to the cross. And he's saying, men, husbands, you love your wives the same way, where you die to yourself for her every day. Now, my, my little brother's a preacher, you know, and he said he really messed up in the pulpit one time. He was preaching this section of scripture. And he had preached, you know, it's easy to, to romanticize dying for your wife. You know, when we think of throwing yourself in front of a bullet to save her life. Or, right. Or something like that. But he said well, it goes beyond that to a day-to-day living of dying to yourself uh, to lift up your wife. And he says, you know, any of us would dodge, or would dive in front of a bullet, but how many of us are willing to, you know, take out the trash every day and, and do those kind of things that lift her up? Show your love for her in that. And then the, so he preached that. And then the next week, his wife said, hey, can you take the trash out? And he said, I was doing something. And I was like, I'm busy, honey. I can't do it right now. And she turned to him and said, would you die for me? And I think that's gone on for years now. He's had to hear that. But that's really what it is. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not the big, just the big grand gesture, although it could be. Yeah. But it's the day-to-day dying to yourself to lift that woman up. Right. Uh, and and if women, and they are, if women are called to be submissive to their husbands as to the Lord, then it behooves us husbands to be as Christ-like as possible, uh, to make that burden as easy as possible on them, right? Right. I mean, and, and to truly love them and, and die to ourselves for them, because they, that's a heavy burden placed on them. Now, to be fair, it's a heavy burden placed on the men, too. Right. I mean, that that's hard. Dying yeah. to yourself every day for the sake of somebody else is not light. But if they're called to submit, we need to be as Christ-like as possible. Right. And I'm looking forward to our conversation with our two lady friends. I am not. Oh. I am not looking forward to that. <laughs> but I also couldn't help, but every time I reflect on this text here that Paul wrote to the Ephesians and to us, is the importance of us men as husbands to remember that every wife is a gift from God. Right. Because I go back to the Garden of Eden, you know, when he recognized it was not good for man to be alone. Right. And he went through the process of naming the animals and going, oh, that's not a fit, that's not a fit. Yeah. And it's interesting that he caused a deep sleep for the the man, Mm -hmm. created the woman, and brought her to him. 
Yeah. And that's the gift. And I think we as Christian husbands sometimes forget to give God thanks for that gift. Right. And uh, we start and, taking each other for granted. Oh, yeah. As husbands and wives. And that's, I know we're all prone to it, but it's a dangerous place to be. It is. And suddenly you start seeing that gift. You know, both of you and I have done a lot of marriage counseling with people. Somehow that gets twisted in people's minds and that gift becomes a burden. Right. And a lot of it's rooted in those those behaviors if a, a woman if a wife disrespects her husband all the time if a husband won't love and act lovingly toward his wife all the time yeah we're ruining what God intended something to be beautiful and uplifting and we might have talked about this earlier but we the world we're living in is really messed up husband and wife relationships and beyond that male and female relationships to where there are elements that of, of hatred on either side Yes, exactly. Where women are hating on men and men are hating on women, we're missing out. If you're in that mode, if you're trapped in that mode of thinking the other side are the bad guys, you're missing out on something incredible that God intended for our good. Uh, we are called to be a blessing to one another. And when we get it right, and, and sometimes you'll hit this when you talk to somebody who's been married 50 years. Right. When you get it right and have decades of seeing that, Man, those couples that just appreciate each other and they've gotten through all the junk and just have this pure love for one another, man, it's powerful. Yes. It's powerful. And I wish more I wish more people were exposed to that before they they get married or when they're newlyweds or when they've been married a while. Just being exposed to a healthy, life giving, blessed, blessing relationship and going, I want that. What does it take to get there? Like if I were a newlywed couple right now in at South U, I would hunt down one of those older couples who've been married 30, 40 more, right. 30, 40 more years, right. and just hang out and just get get exposed to them and just learn maybe what it takes or, or see, you know, observe and just be blessed by that. Right. Because it really is worth it. It really is worth it to stay together, to, to make those hard calls and hard adjustments, to live a to have a rich, life-giving relationship in your marriage. Yes, and and also to go along with that, to, that enrichment, we husbands need to also know through the scriptures that our wife is our evangelistic mission field. Okay. Because Paul says that Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So if we're going to love in the same manner Christ loves the church, yeah. then we need to make sure that everything we do sets our wife apart from any other in the world, okay. but we're also sharing the gospel by the way we live. Yeah, that kind of makes me think about, you know, they say, I'm going to misquote it, whatever it takes to keep her is what it took to get her. Right. And with the idea of you're, you're still dating your wife, even when you're married. Right. You know, you're still, you're still living in a way to win her over. And that makes me think we're supposed to, husbands are supposed to live in a way to win her over to Christ. Yep. If we're not exemplifying that, if we're not, you know, if we're not loving like he loved, then we're making, in a way, maybe driving a wedge between our wife and Jesus, which is the last thing any of us wants. Right. So maybe we need to check our attitudes every once in a while. Um, maybe we need to check our motivations or, or see where we're spending our time or our effort or passion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've used this in your premarital counseling, but I always did the, the triangle with the husband and wife and I put God at the tip of the triangle. I yeah. put husband and wife at the at each corner at the bottom. Yeah. And I said, Husbands, 
It is your responsibility to have such a love for God that it draws your wife in too. Yeah. And if you'll notice, the closer you both get to God, the closer you get to one another. Oh, that's handy. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to steal that. That is good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we talked earlier about how God has to be the focus of a marriage. It can't be each other. Right. Uh, because you put people in the wrong place. God has to be above and beyond. And then when both of you are living for God, you're right. You, you join together in that. Yeah, and you can't just, husbands, you can't just rely on just Ephesians 5. You also have to look at Philippians chapter 2. Okay, read that. Where he says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. So don't merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. That's not just the church. Well, that's where it's taken place. But husband and wives have to have that same mindset because if they don't, then it won't play out in the church assembly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Okay. That's true. I, this is important stuff. Because, of course, if you go to the world to find what it offers, you're going you're gonna to end up in a messed up place. I, and I'm thinking of famous people specifically. Right. Don't find your examples in pop culture. Don't find it in movie stars or, or music musicians. And look, look, to, look to the scriptures right. first. Look, look to God's design. Trust even when it doesn't, it's not easy. It's right. not going to be easy, but it's worth it. It is. It's worth it. I, I can't remember. There was an actress a while back, divorced her husband, married a, a fellow movie star, and she basically said, well, my old, you know, my husband, my last husband was holding me back. Well, is that how we view each other as, as just holding each other back or as obstacles or what a twisted idea of what marriage is? Yes. And then you look at, at those who just go through spouse after spouse after spouse, which which tells you they're they're viewing their spouse wrong if they're they're willing to hop in and hop out of marriage, uh, they're viewing marriage wrong. It's dangerous, and man, we have to not fall into that trap. Right. And hopefully, well, we have a marriage. We have a wedding coming up this week. Okay. That young couple, Lord willing, they'll look to God, look to Scripture. And Lord willing, our church will rally around them to empower every good thing in them and not empower any bad thing right. in that marriage. Yeah. You know, living in the world, there's no way to not be in the world unless you're totally, as Paul says, you're totally off. We have to be the light. So the husband and wife working together as an evangelistic team to share the gospel, but just by the way they live and by the way they love one another. Because when they, if and when they do have children then the children can understand that's what marriage is. Yeah, I, I think that's, I mean, if you see if healthy Christian marriage is what you see and are exposed to, uh, if you see it modeled and lived out, I mean, that's that's worth a whole lot more teaching. Right. I mean, you're going to teach too, but man, just, just seeing that lived out example is powerful, I would think, and hopefully makes them, long. I mean, I have two daughters. I want them to have a marriage like I have. Right. I want them to be uh, like their mom. Right. I, I want them to marry a guy who loves God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and who will lead their family, and I want them to want that, and, and to the so much so that they won't settle for anything less. That's my desire. That's my prayer. And I hope that this, that the men out there that are listening, that you may not be a husband yet, but understand that God has a role and a purpose for you. And if that involves getting the woman to become your wife, remember, she's a gift. Remember, you are to lay aside your interest to ensure that her interest is met. And her needs are met. It's not about 
Yes, you're the head. You have the authority, but it's an influence to do what is right, not to take charge and boss everyone. Right. You're, you're leading by example. Of course, again, we get a worldly example versus what God would tell us. I mean, Jesus said to his disciples, the Gentiles, their rulers lord it over right. them. Right. Not so with you. Right. Whoever wants to be greatest must be the least. That's the way it works in the kingdom of God. And husbands, we can never forget that. If you're the head, you make yourself the least. Right. You want to be the greatest? You want authority? That means you're the servant of all. Right. Uh, that's the way it works uh, in Jesus' kingdom. That is exactly right. And Kevin, I'm so glad we could we could share this and look a little deeper into what that means by being the head. Yeah. And so, listeners, we hope that you have found this to be a blessing to you as well, and to give you a better understanding. And as we said, that uh, we'll we're going to bring in the uh, wife perspective. And, Not uh, our wives. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. You would no. hear nothing on the other end if that was the case. <laughs> so stay with us, and we'll talk with you again. Thank you for joining with us on another episode of Tuesday Morning Over Coffee with Gene and Kevin. I'm Gene. I'm Kevin. Y'all go and be blessed. Mm-hmm.